Welcome, listeners, to another edition of Podcast 17, episode 14585, June 21st. It's 10.03! Last episode, we started at 10.05. We're counting We are down. getting good at this, really aren't we? Good. We're getting really good. Even, yeah. Even though my computer died and I'm doing the live stream, like, hella differently. Like, that's probably why you can hear a lot of background noise and you can hear my computer. Because, it's like, the live stream computer is just over there, so... I, I, I don't think the, the listeners... I don't, I don't think they, they appreciate what we go through. It's like a battlefield doing this podcast. Computer parts flying left and right. Men dropping like flies. It's just... <laughs> it's difficult. It, Bring it, up the CPU, sir! We're running out of power! It has really been an is. omen. It started with Thomas, and then moved on to you, Emmanuel, and now me. Now my computer's in the shop. It's kind of ridiculous. I, I'm doing this with a, with a microphone taped to my forehead and my director <laughs> set PC that I just got fixed. This is serious business. And everything, actually, too, Nick, his um, graphics card overheats now. Yeah. See? So it's sort of ridiculous. I'm sort of worried for Philip because he's in this sort of on the side, and uh, he's going to start losing some computer parts, too. Yeah, but he's well, filthy rich. He'll deal with it. If, if something goes wrong with my computer, they'll be uh, knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on with the introductions. Thomas Emanuel, as usual. Philip from Planet Philip is here with us today to talk about some of the releases later on in the show. And we have Glenn from uh, Half-Life2.net. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Glenn. <laughs> Sorry, caught me a little bit off guard there. Too many Brits on this podcast now. <laughs> I don't know, Philip. When do you want to announce your sort of thing? Uh, whenever, whenever, really. I mean, we should just maybe do the show, and uh, well, we I don't. Do, it's do your choice, story. William. We'll do it. We'll do it right after Podcast Seventeen News. How's that? All right. Interested anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First on Podcast Seventeen News, uh, Stratafarius posted. Um, a pretty good video. It's almost like a Machima or Machinima about uh, this week's schedule. Machima. Um, <laughs> Machima, that's good. I say it all the time. That's how I say it. It's called Podcast 17 July's Calendar and a bit of June. He's got, uh, I think, two Developer Insight videos coming up, a secret project, and a month in review. Um, check it out if you want to know what's coming on in the July calendar for you know the community members and everything. Um, it is on our YouTube broadcast channel and whatnot. And I guess now, Philip? Okay. Well, I'd like to uh, announce a project. This is exclusive, really, for the live stream listeners because the podcast will be a few days away. Um, right after the show, I'm launching something called dm2sp.com. It's a website and uh, a project that's designed to encourage, cajole, and basically blackmail people to convert their Half-Life 2 deathmatches into single player. Now, we have a competition running that actually has prizes, and we have a prize fund of $140. So all the details will be on the website, uh, which is dm2sp.com. The number two. is the number. Yep, the number two. Everything that you need to know is all on the website. And hopefully, when you think of all the thousands of DM maps available, yes, thank you, Thomas, in the live stream, I should have done that, um, we might be able to get some really, really good maps converted. It's been done before for my Hollow Reality mod. Kasberg converted one of his DM maps into an SP map, and it was possibly the best one of the bunch. It was really good to play. So 
we've got six judges. William is one of the judges. Woo. Glenn from Half-Life2.net is another one. Uh, we have Mr. Two Video Cards, who is from City 17, uh, episode one, and a gear mod that was very, uh, a portal mod, sorry, that was very popular. Uh, there's me, of course, and we also have Kasperg, who's a famous mapper. So, any questions, people? Talking about Mr. Uh, Mr. Two Video Cards, Gear actually, he's part of the whole Gear dev group, and they posted a whole bunch of stuff this week about uh, City 17 Episode 1. A lot of media, so check out his website, too. Yeah, and I've played the, uh, the not the preview version, but I've played a beta build of that mod, and it's fantastic. So when that comes out, that's going to be super. Yeah, it so, awesome. uh, is Manuel, this, is this like your 18th website now? <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to count the number of hairs on my moustache and I'm going to build websites for that number. <laughs> Sounds about right. I hope you don't replicate children as, as, as quickly as you do websites. You're going to take over the world. Any questions? Any serious questions, Emmanuel? Come on, I decided that you're the lowest common denominator Actually, here. Actually, for a second there, I seriously, I seriously considered entering because not only would I like to have the money, there's a few multiplayer maps that I think would be good single-player maps. My initial thought is... You should probably pursue this in something like data feed or data feed source, where people have been bitching for as long as I can remember that there should be a single player component to it, and just get some coders or something to to program some bots or something and do a condition zero esque kind of. Well, that's actually thing. a good question. That's a good question. Can people, Philip, take DoD source maps or say like TF2 maps and make a Half Life single player map out of it, or do they have to be specifically Half Life deathmatch maps? Well, originally, the idea was just to convert the Half-Life 2 deathmatch maps, but if they can convert a map that will run in bog-standard Half-Life 2, mm-hmm. or, and they can supply any assets that's needed, um, then I suppose so, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, just imagine one person sits at his computer, he only has Half-Life 2, doesn't have any other games. If you can su- pr- supply everything he needs for that, then yes, mm. he can okay. submit that map. Okay. Okay, so let me ask this. Let's say that you've got a, a deathmatch map that has been popular, and two people submit it. Do you just go on who's done it better? Better? Yes, assuming that they both uh, are either the original authors or they have written permission from the original author. Okay, so more than, somebody's that, map. more than that, are you looking for intricate stuff, like maybe little tiny storylines or like fading in and, and putting the player in a situation, or are you just looking for just spawns? Well, uh, we would love to have situations and stories and, you know, little um, visual clues about what's going on, but we have to be realistic. I mean, if I just got a map that I spawned in and I played and I reached the end and it faded to black and I got a lot of good ones, then I'd be very happy. But if you can manage to convert your... A DM map and actually put a story in it, then that's really going to be, um, you know, a bonus for you. Okay. Or let's say, what about if if someone's got like five maps and they tie it in all together, like five random deathmatch maps, and they tie them all in together into kind of like a single story where you grade them as one long one, or are they just going to have to submit them all individually? Good, good question. They will have to submit individually. Otherwise, we would then generally those people would be a. a big advantage to the people who just convert one map 
and that doesn't seem particularly fair. Maybe if we got some more sponsors, or I managed to, you know, blackmail you a little bit more or something, <laughs> and I can get more cash, then I could perhaps offer a, a special prize for merging DM mods, or perhaps that's the next competition. I mean, I have lots of plans for this, and if it sucks and it fails, then okay, then, you know, it, it, that's it. But if it's successful, then there's no reason why we couldn't run one every year and we couldn't change the rules slightly. And so, good question. Uh, do you have any um, questions, Glenn? I mean, I know you're one of the judges, but now's a good time for you to ask or clarify anything. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking about this a little bit, haven't we, already, about kind of the, the realms of how much people can change their original deathmatch map into a single player. Um, yeah. And we, we're not really sure how much of the aesthetic and the and the basic build of the map can change to to accommodate a single player to kind of make it seem like a, a journey. Uh, have we kind of come to an agreement yet? How much that can change? Well, I, I put in the website, which is ready to go live now. Now that the, the the live stream is up, people can visit it. I basically said that it needs to be visually recognisable. I felt that that was the only thing that we had workable. Otherwise, somebody could say, oh, this was, uh, you know, my DM map, and I edited it and converted it, and suddenly, um, yes, we can see you, William, and suddenly, <laughs> uh, suddenly, it's a completely new thing. So I felt that there needed to be some visual recognition from the previous one. I know that's not particularly, you know, technical, but it's better than nothing. You know, the way I'm judging this, we've been talking a lot about... Um over this week about how each of us individually are going to be judging these maps and the way i'm going to approach this map the, this mapping contest is uh I'm, I'm going to be looking at the map in general and see how well it was converted i'm not going to be looking at these things architecturally i'm not going to be looking at these things you know in terms of lighting if the map is already created then i'm not going to worry about those things i'm going to worry about like you yeah. know how they integrate um deathmatch aspects to you know a single player environment that's really what I'm going to be finding interesting. Yeah. I think something else important as well. Um, well, you said that um, you'll be interested to see how they kind of pick up and end mm -hmm. the, the map, trying trying to integrate into a story. Now, I was also interested in seeing how they do yeah. that. I mean, pick a random point on their map and see if they could make that into some kind of major intro, um, just for nothing. That's going to show real creativity. That's what I'm going to be interested in seeing as well. Yeah, I mean, think of yeah, good point. think of most deathmatch maps. Um, the first map that comes to mind is you know something like Two Fort in Team Fortress or Team Fortress Classic. Can you think of a storyline you can sort of develop around something like that? Because when you play that map, or if you play any deathmatch map, you're not thinking about storyline. You're thinking about killing each other in an arena. Um, so integrating a story into something that's already created is much harder than integrating something that's already created into a, a predefined story. You know what I mean? Um, so yes. it, it'll be really good to see what happens uh, w with those sorts of th those sorts of situations. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I keep on thinking back to a mod I made called PMPDM, where we converted uh, Quake Three DM6 from Quake Three into uh, Half Life Two, and doing that made me realize how much time and effort those developers put into crafting these multiplayer maps. Yeah. So trying to spawn you know, baddies to, and, and have it be fun and a map like that, it's going to be really difficult. Granted, there's some, there's some exclusions, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting every single map will be suitable for conversion. 
for sure. I mean, that's not going to happen. But Ooh, what about, we've well, what about, thousands of maps available. There must yeah. be a good percentage. Could, could could someone modify the map by, say, you know, like uh, breaking up? I mean, just, just pretending like one of the walls caved in so that closes off a hallway or something Absolutely. like that? I mean, that's the kind of creative creativeness that we're looking for. What we don't want is for you to take a, a, a map and simply put spawn points mm -hmm. for enemies, uh, a couple of bits of ammo and health in one corner, and then a spawn point for the player, and then a, a fading end when you reach, you know, position X. You know, I, I mean, sort of expect that from some of the maps, that. though. Yeah, yeah, true. And some of those maps might be really good like that. But... Um, I think that we're looking for something a little more than that, something where you, you take the basic structure of your DM map and then you add to it or you take something away, you you know, you put a, a different um, uh, wall down or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then I've also mentioned, you know, it, it's different than, it's different, there's two different scenarios that I think we're going to approach. People are just going to throw assets in there. And I use the example of, uh, of Overwatch, that map Overwatch, um, with the with the overhang combine structure. Um, either somebody's going to throw an asset in there to make the single player experience interesting, uh, or they're going to use some of the assets that are already in the deathmatch map to make the map interesting. So for example, in Overwatch, maybe that combine structure would like crumble or create some sort of obstacle and, you know, utilizing those sorts of things instead of plopping something of your own in there. I think it'll be much better if they utilize the pre-existing assets. That's what I'm really looking for. That's what I hope to yeah. see. So anyway, um, one of the okay, very quickly, William. Sorry, one of the reasons that I got um, five different judges and two of them are mappers. I felt that it was important that each of the entries are viewed from a different point of view. I mean, I'm on your side regarding how I'm going to judge my maps or the maps that are submitted, but uh, the two mappers might judge them slightly differently, and I felt that that was important to get a. Uh, a perspective from that way yeah so, i don't think i can we'll see. Uh, i don't think i can you know justify my marking scheme if i if i if i'm marking things based on architecture architecture and lighting because i don't really know you know the nitty-gritty of it so yeah well we'll see maybe it would be successful maybe not if not so, then we'll just move on to something else <laughs> well speaking of moving on to something else let's move on to podcast 17 news no straight from the mouth of l did we know we didn't do that yet what? You don't even know how our agenda works yet. How long have you been I've on this podcast? I've got the agenda here. Don't try we, and tell me off. We already did podcast. That was podcast 17 news. But we didn't We didn't do Stradivarius Hysteria. Yeah, we yeah. did. Oh. Where okay. are you, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you have anything to like, apologize dude. for, actually? Um, I know. Well, well, I was going to apologize gonna... for. What? What, I'm sorry my computer blew up and I'm having problems with the podcast today? No. Yeah. No. For letting the podcast go a month and a half, I'm uh, not updated on ModDB. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that. who'd let that happen? I am sorry about that. It's just I hate doing the ModDB post. God, I was hoping you were going to say I, ho Dave's I hate Dave's listening. ModDB, He's going to but... kill you. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he can understand. I, I, don't, I don't hate it because it's hard or I don't hate it because it's, you know, such a pain in the ass. I... I hate it because I just generally hate it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's I good. just don't like doing it. <laughs> Be sure to I was, I was, essay. <laughs> I, 
I was expecting to have to uh, to apologize for the firearms thing last week, but no, we didn't get any emails. We didn't so. get any emails. I don't think they listen to our podcast anymore. So yeah, I'm pretty sure we're in the Can't clear. Them. <laughs> yeah, we're we're on the we're on the blacklist over there. The, <laughs> not speak. whatever. We like firearms too more, anyways. So we don't care. All right, let's do this. New Steam community features. They're taking over the internet. Simple as that. They're uh, they're adding comments and uh, group announcements, comments on group events, blah blah blah. Essentially, they're just trying to stamp out Facebook for yep. video games. So. For video games. <laughs> That's good though, because they killed AIM for me. I never use AIM anymore. I just use Steam Friends, which is I good because I didn't use like. AIM to begin with. I don't even know why I would use a shitty program like that. Well, I don't know why you would have facial hair, but you do. So we'll move on from that. <laughs> and we'll go to Steam client update. Beta available. Uh, I'm not sure what's in the beta. I, no, it's just one thing, and it's where they fix an issue for applications that would not appear in the games list, which yeah. I didn't have a problem with. But there is a but, beta client available, and like I said, I don't know what's in the beta. I couldn't find the news post for that, but I know there's a beta client released. You know, if you, like, go and yeah. you subscribe to the whole beta thing. So Actually, speaking of that bug, uh, it, it almost happened to me. Well, it kind of happened to me yesterday, which, in other news, someone gifted me a game. Can you believe this? William? Who gifted you? One of the a listeners. Game? Really? Yeah. What game did they give to you? Uh, they gave me Geometry Wars. Really? Okay. Yeah. I was just talking to him on Friends, and he was like, oh, yeah, you want this game? And I said, absolutely. And he gave me... <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very nice guy. Hmm. If he... if he uh, Actually, his name is Senkis, but he told me not to say that. But, you know, well, that's what you get. You don't well, me. I mean, he has... <laughs> He's on the yeah, live so stream I, now, I think. Yeah, he is. After, after all this time, you know, saying this is such a thankless job... We finally get our our payback. It wasn't a video oh. card, uh, granted, but <laughs> Geometry Wars is pretty fun, though. I got my high score on Geometry Wars PC. Really? Yep. It's like seven million or something. If you got that game illegally and you accepted the gift, you can get your Steam account disabled. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I don't have it illegally, but. Well, if he got it illegally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? SDK update. SDK update. Source SDK update released. Uh, this is actually, I want to say that this doesn't matter, but I think what, like 60% of our listeners probably are, uh, are developers. So um, in this, you will find uh, new source files for uh, um, the TF2 maps, which is actually pretty cool. Really, this is just going to be for the Gmod people because they're going to use it more than the developers will. But yeah, Hydro, cool. Gold Wash, all the way to Arena, Lumberyard, and Ravine. So, um, Also, they added some um, fixes to, and tweaks to the tools themselves, um, some model stuff, and uh, Hammer just got some blo- uh, bug fixes, no real feature additions. So, Yeah, they did a lot of bug fixes to all the tools, but they uh, they ironed out those uh, that shader code, which is good because a lot of people were sort of complaining about the shader code, and they made those mm-hmm. maps available or whatever. So that's a good SDK update. Actually, yeah, it is pretty hefty. Uh, if you are working on a mod, check this out. There's some pretty cool little um, fixes they've added. You know, like adding a stop button to sound previews and all that for the 18 minute sounds that you're inevitably, inevitably going to make. So cool stuff. Check By it out. By the way, Emmanuel, the- did you see what the listener just posted in the live stream? We have to make. Uh, I don't know who posted this. Um, Silver Wolf. Silver Wolf. Silver Wolf. This. Yes. It's a car, what? and it has the Podcast 17 logo on it and stuff. What? You need to take Where? a look at this. We'll put it in the show notes for all the people who aren't in the live stream. But he models. Looks like a car. holy crap! That's Forza Two. 
Yeah. Oh, is it? No. It's not Trackmania. No, it's Trackmania. You're right. Trackmania. That's yeah. That's what it's from. That's and an you... Aston Martin DBR9 GT from <laughs> uh, from Le Mans. That's a beautiful car. And it has the podcast. We should have a, uh, on there. a Trackmania a Trackmania day with podcast 17 listeners. I, I love would definitely that game. Play that. That is a, who I, did that? That's awesome. Silverwolf. Silverwolf. Yeah. That is badass. And see, I knew what it was. I know it's That's awesome. a great game as well, huh? It is. It's fun. It's one of those stupidly fun, childish games that you just can't stop playing. I think it's the only game I've ever played online for more than like once. Yeah, I'm surprised you like games other than, you know, Half-Life. Yeah. Oh, that's the only, it's the only game I've ever played. <laughs> that is just a general... That's I just thought, well, there's two. Thing. There's two pictures, guys. That's yeah, cool. They, I, thought, I, like, I like this. I like how it's gunmetal gray, too. Like, you know, just Mark of the Resistance. I've cool. got one of the best high scores for one of the tracks as well, like eighth in the world or something. Really? Yeah, I spent hours on that motherfucker. <laughs> we should play that. I, 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 and I'm serious. I, I've actually sat at a LAN party at someone's house for maybe 15 hours playing that game, and it was full of just 20-year-old men. Like, we were playing a little child's game for hours and hours and hours. It was just that good. Well, wait, we Glenn, Glenn has to leave, so let's all say bye to Glenn. Bye, Glenn. Oh, bye, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Bye, I'll see that? you again soon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, scared him off anyway. No, he he had to go and work on some busy stuff, I guess. So. Okay. Ooh, that second one. Oh, that second one is good. Yeah, like the second one. picture too. We'll put that in the show notes as well. No, that the second one sucks. The DBR nine is where it's at, <laughs> sir. <laughs> anyway, okay, continue on with straight from Method Valve. We're on Smash Ball, I think. Okay, Smash Balls on Steam. Where where did this come from? I've never heard yeah. of Smash Ball before. Well, and then out of what? nowhere it gets released on Steam. You know what? We're interviewing Smash Ball towards the end of the month. Yeah, House, I mean, and they're not a very and I'm surprised like that they got added because the mod's pretty vulgar if you if you think about it. I mean, there's some pretty vulgar stuff in, in that mod, and I'm surprised Valve gave that the go-ahead, which gives us a sliver of hope because that means we might just get on the official <laughs> Steam thing. So, but no, it's it, it's very well done too, isn't it? You yeah. you've had the chance to play. Yeah, they they did a really good job. I mean, they released uh, 0.49, which we'll get to the release list, and I haven't been able to play it, but they have come a long way since we last talked about it. And uh, we will be having them on the show, so I don't want to talk too much about it, because I think in two episodes, two or three episodes, it's going to be good. It should be interesting. It'll be, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll, I love talking to teams that don't take themselves too seriously, you yeah. know, like some Shotgun Sunrise and these guys. <laughs> so that'll be a good interview. Yep. Um, and well, I think that's, uh, that's it, isn't it? Well, Left 4 Dead campaign talk. This is oh, actually a pretty good oh. post on the Left 4 Dead blog. Why, why is it good? Well, because they're sort of uh, they're sort of explaining how the um, the add-on campaigns will work, and that's pretty cool. This is sort of how I was expecting it to work. So you know, instead of instead of add-on campaigns, why don't they worry about actually you know actual community content and getting that working first? So that way well, we don't have to just I, once they get the authoring tools out and once they get the proper um, SDK tools out, then we'll see like a I lot of a lot of really will be cool. out and no one will care. Uh, I thought I thought that they already added that. They already got that taken care of. The, no, they, the they don't have the way to. They don't have a way for people to publish their things right now and like get it into like a package format and set it so that you can have like a custom add-on. Yeah, and that really gets on my nerves because I, I've tried explaining this to people who don't really follow Valve, and I told them I know it's only four campaigns, but Valve constantly pushes out community content or makes it easy for community content to be released, and they've really shot themselves in the foot on this one because mm-hmm. it's been six months now, so more than six months. 
So just point on that. Either but, way, it's coming. They said next week. Yep, check it out. Mm-hmm. So on to the re- release list? Yeah, and I think I'm just going to let Philip sort of take over here because I don't think any no, of no, us... No. Did you play some of Oh, no, I did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't did. play anything. So I'm just going to sit back here, eat my grilled cheese, and Philip, take us through the release me, list. <laughs> me, and, me and Philip will duke this one out because I know it's not going to be pretty. So you go, you lead on with uh, Philip. All right, I'm going to start in chronological order. So the first map I'm going to start with is called Wasteland Combat. This was originally released on the author's website simply as Wasteland, and there was no combat at all. And we discussed it on Planet Philip Forum, and we basically said, oh, that's a beautiful map. Shame it doesn't have any combat. And I said, look, I can't add it to my uh, website because my criteria is there must be at least one weapon and one Hit, uh, one enemy. So he said, "Okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll build it then." And this is what he's come up with. The 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 combat is okay. It's clear that the combat was added after, or as an afterthought. But it is a beautiful map. We've talked about Wasteland before on the podcast when it was on FPS oh, Banana, just as the uh, just as the map, because this was a, a map created from the original concept art of Half Life Two. I remember that. And uh, Nick hmm. and I. Um, actually synergied this. We loaded it up in synergy and we played co-op. Okay. Mm-hmm. But not the it, combat version, just no, we the didn't original play, version. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know there was a combat version. Even though I added it to the agenda, I just sort of did it mindlessly. Well, that's only because it, only because um, he saw my post on the forum mm-hmm. and decided to add combat so that he could get it on Planet Philip. Okay. I quite liked it. I hope, it, I hope it's not... Reminiscent of what will happen with the deathmatch thing, which is where <laughs> the the idea is that the, the the combat seems out of place, but we'll see. Emmanuel? Really? Oh no, absolutely not. I, I can't. I didn't know that it was the way you said it was. I thought it was originally just a single player mod. So much so that I was going to praise it for how well planned the combat was, because usually you just get hordes and hordes and hordes of com- uh, of combine, and it just gets boring. But it was propor- it was it was proportioned pretty well, and I, I actually enjoyed it very much. Yeah, no, um, you're right. There wasn't hundreds of uh, it, there wasn't so many enemies. That's yeah. that's definitely true. But but I mean I just I just genuinely enjoyed it and uh, I have to say that there's one nagging thing that would force me to say that no one should download and play this mod or it's not a mod it's a map but the problem is that because it's just a map you're gonna finish it and you're gonna be really disappointed and I think it's not worth it you should you should not disappoint yourself because the, the guy who did this should sit down and do a proper mod a proper three or four hour long mod because it is really really good. Yeah, but Fantastic. I disagree with you that you shouldn't download it just because it's short. I prefer short mods. Not everybody likes, you know, really, really long mods. Anyway, I made it Hall of Fame. My five words or less review is eye candy with a shotgun. <laughs> it is very good. So, yeah. well, that's good. So we would, we would generally recommend that. Next one up is City 45. Um, this was from one of the Guildhall people. And uh, this is okay. I quite like this one. I mean, I put it down as a play it. Uh, very much a case of you start really? in uh, an apartment and you sort of have to work your way through until you find the car with your rebel friends and then you have to drive through the car park and kill as many uh, zombies with your car as possible. You know, yeah, you know how, you know how we'll sometimes we'll say something is, is very good and then we'll, but one of our biggest nags is that you can tell that this is their first map. Go. This is you can tell that this is someone's first map. 
and it's, it's really. Still, I don't think it would well, be though. Guildhall, uh, they've probably been working on this for a while, and they probably have a lot. Well, of then they need to find. No offense, they need to find another profession because they're not very good at this. I mean, it should be good. It it, uh, it it's it's you know it's got little cinematics and stuff. Not cinematics, but the characters you know run along with you and do their thing. That's cool. But it really disappointed me, and the just they just do not understand proportion at all the rooms weren't proportioned properly the the situations it puts you in just don't make sense there's one there's one part where you'll end up fighting i think maybe 30 mobs at once and it just does not make sense it's just annoying i just i did not have fun with it you know what i do like about you know what i do like about guildhall maps is that they're they're much different than what we usually see um you mainly on planet fill up because they have some sort of objective um i mean I haven't played this, but it sounds like you have to do some sort of objective to get to the end of the map. Am I correct? It's not just a linear thing. Um, yeah, but there's, don't see that it's not like open a door or anything. You just really have to get to the car park and then drive the car. Oh, so but the, you okay. do that with I squad. See. Okay. Um, but the, I mean, the hordes—you're supposed to be killing them with the car. I mean, that's the thing. There's no way you can kill all of those zombies just with your shotgun. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I, I said that people should play it because I thought it was okay. You know, my five-word review was "Happy I don't live there." It's <laughs> yeah. like set, set in an apartment block. That's. The, you know. I, I I just I just feel like the person who did it could have done it better. I, I don't know if I if I was a professor grading this, I'd give it a C. Okay. Like that. Yeah, Phil, just just as a segue yeah. for a second, um, how long uh-huh. does it take you to to sort of structure your five-word reviews? Because that would be insanely difficult for me to do. Um, sometimes it happens immediately. Like eye candy with a shotgun came almost immediately. Happy I don't live there. That probably took me about 90 seconds to formulate. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be so actually, if you had a video of me doing these things, you'd you'd think I was like some kind of retard because I'm sitting there at my desk and I've got my hands out and I'm going, and I'm counting my fingers, you know, <laughs> how can I, can I abbreviate, can I contract that word into don't and I'll probably look up really idiot. We'll, we'll write a computer program to do it for you, Philip. Yeah, I'm sure you could do, could do them, but it's actually quite fun trying to think of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's quite odd. Next up, Ghost in the Machine. This is what I want to play. I want to play this. release. Or let me just preface by saying this is if you didn't like it, it's because you're an idiot and you couldn't work out the puzzles. Did you like well, it? Let me, let me, let me preface Did it. You in, just, no, 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 no. Just say whether you liked it or not. Did you like it? No. There you go. You want it? Okay. Listen, if, let's compare it, all right? If, you want, if we're going to talk about the same way I just compared that other one, City 45, if you, oh. were, to, if you were to look at, what was it, Combine Wasteland or Wasteland Combat, it, that uh-huh. you would think that that was the guy's maybe fifteenth or twentieth map. It felt polished. It felt very good. It was fun. Then right. City Forty Five felt like the guy's first map, and then right. this one feels like the guy never made a map before, and he just absolutely bashed his head rubbish. Keep... Really, no, you're it, talking your you can tell you can tell he put a lot of time into it. That's fine. Um, there are plenty of things in the world where people spend a lot of time putting it, the things into it, but it didn't turn out good. It's just. I don't get the point of playing the mod when it tells you what to do at every second and how to do it. it, it no, it take- doesn't, know. It doesn't tell you that. I mean, I spent five minutes thinking that I was you and being really stupid until I worked out that I needed to be in the normal view to find the answer to the puzzles in the, you know, the, the hollow view or the, uh, the, you know, the, the Tron view. And now, then the I'm- second puzzle, did you, did you even get to the second puzzle, Emmanuel? Yes, I did. Well, 
Did you get past the second puzzle? No, I did not. Okay, that's a really, it's a really smart piece of um, thinking here. You just have to turn on and off the power at the right time. And they, and they well, I don't want to spoil it for the listeners, but it's, it's a very clever mod. What, what was the point huh? of the bridge? The, where you run over, you turn the bridge off, and the people are just stuck there. What, what's the point of that? Uh, the point is that you're not supposed to turn the bridge off when they're actually on the concrete. You're supposed to turn it off when the two soldiers are walking up and down the bridge, and it disappears and they drop to the bottom. But my guys didn't drop. They just froze there. What, even when you turned the bridge off? Yes. Uh, I think that you're either lying so that you don't sound no, like you The guys were on the bridge. They, they were on the bridge, and I turned it off, and they were still there. All right. Well, and you turned it off in the hollow mode. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Exactly. See? Listen. It's, listen it's a, you, I'm not you, the smartest person in the world, but... I felt that this you one was do your a thing, a, and I will I will kill the hell out of things in multiplayer. That's my thing. I don't do single player. That's you know true. That. All right, you guys are very oh, much different. Uh, uh, the the number one thing that I thought of when I saw these screenshots though is dystopia, and I know Philip, you probably haven't played dystopia, but Emmanuel, you have. Does mm-hmm. is this sort of like dystopia in terms of like you have to go inside the hollow mode and hack things? Yeah, but this is cool because it actually matters because the hollow mode and the actual world matter. Like they, they tie in together, like Philip said, whereas in dystopia, it's just a complete objectives that, you know, you're just going to be doing over and over and over. So it's just kind of like an extension, whereas this actually feels like it's connected. I like cool. it. Yeah, well, it, I look it's not just it. connected. You have to you have to go into the hollow uh, or the Tron mode to pass all of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Brute force won't get you there. Um, awesome. So I I, my, I made this uh, Hall of Fame because I thought it was very clever, and my five word or five words or less review was Tron sucks compared to this. <laughs> All right. Next one on the list. Yes, next one on the list is Flash Flood. Flash Flood was made by the same author, and this is uh, just a simple thing, basically where. He's taken it from the story of Half-Life 2. There has been um, a big area blocked off by the Combine, and the only way past it is basically through the sewers. And you take your um, buggy and you get to a certain point. You have to flick a switch or raise the water, and then you drive on for a little bit more, and so it goes on. I mean, it's, it's only three megs, and it gave me 10 or 15 minutes worth of uh um, games and I thought uh, playtime, sorry, and I really enjoyed it. I just said that this was a, a player. It's all indoors until the very end. It's nice. Imagine now I'm surprised. Having, now I'm surprised because you, have, you didn't like the water boat in Half Life Two. Yeah, but well, I did, uh, Yeah, no, I didn't like the buggy because I was traversing very long distances. Here, you're just sort of inside, and I mean, you could almost walk. Yeah, the the hover boat in this. Wasn't wasn't a focus like it wasn't Half Life Two. It was just to move you from area to area where you jumped yeah, out exactly. and then you started playing. So that's why you liked I it. See. But now, have you having said that this was by the same author? I don't mind tearing into it by saying, what is he doing instead of just making a mod? Because if he's going to keep on releasing single maps like this, then it doesn't make sense to me. If he would no, somehow. No, but- but these are his guild hall projects. Yeah, yeah. He's released something for Gears of War, and he probably released something for Unreal Tournament 3. I mean, basically, all of the guild hall maps are, um, I don't know, projects that are given to them by the professor, and they work on them together and say, right, you've got six weeks to do this 
and and that's what they do. And that's why a lot of the Guildhall maps feature new gameplay or something different because they're not just trying to make something because they want to. It's part of their course. Well, he needs – how long has he been – do you know how long he's been in, in Guildhall or doing this? No, I do. But I think this is um, his, his first year that he's released anything. I don't know what that means. Okay. Yeah, if this is your second or third year of – of college or university at Guildhall, dear author, I hate to say it, either spend more time on it or find another profession. No, Not I to think be an asshole. First year. He made uh, a deathmatch match in four weeks for Unreal Tournament. This one took uh, four weeks, and he made a Gears of War single-player map in eight weeks, and Coast in the Machine took him four months. He started Guildhall, he started Guildhall January 08. <laughs> yeah, I think he should take up uh, maybe mechanical engineering or something. <laughs> yeah, he sounds, he sounds really stupid. He probably should try and become a, a Formula One engineer because those guys. Yeah, like do something that doesn't require talent like I'm doing. Yeah. Trust yeah, exactly. me. Yeah. Next like, up. Wait, sorry. Comment. Thomas. Got a comment. Because yeah, go, go. there is uh, some real big problems with the logistics and the architecture. Like there are, are lamps. Or light sources literally hanging off of walls. Thank no you. Wires or anything going to them. They're literally. It looks like they were placed in there with like GMOD or something, and it really stands out. Like I got a really quick playthrough of this one. Like this is one of the only ones I got to on the release list, just because I'm like, uh, eeny meeny miny mo, <laughs> and things just don't make sense. Yeah, he did the same thing in City. Well, someone else did in City 45, and it's really infuriating. Like I like there's um those lights on stands and standard props in the Half Life Two like those would have been fine, uh or no light sources there at all like he's trying to justify almost a full bright room with improper lighting, but are you talking about flash flood? Yeah. Okay. The lighting right. on it's all whack. It really is like it's well, it's way too bright to be underground for the number for the few lights that he has in there. Sure, sure, sure. And, and like um, it's just something that I noticed. No, no, but that's because, I mean, you notice it from a different perspective than I do. And until I start mapping, I don't see it from that perspective. I see it from a player's point of view. And basically, I don't care if there's, you know, one light and it bright, you know, uh, lightens the whole room. If I had fun playing it, that's my criteria. But I understand what you're saying, and I respect that as well, just that we're coming from different points of view. Absolutely. Okay, my five-word, I said play this, my five-word review of this is great use of Z-axis. <laughs> and I felt that what he did very well here, though, was he took us up and down very well, rather than just left and right and forward that's, and back. That's the Y-axis. Oh, is it? It, yeah, depends, on, it, it depends on what... Um, up, um, up and down is the Y-axis. Z, Z and X are the you know, left, right, forward, and backwards. I, All right, I'll edit that then. In math, in math though, Z is the up and down axis. No, no, in math, Y is though. the up and down axis. It's the oh, it's different in physics axis. and math. It's different. All right, well, let me just clear this up and say, in Planet Philip, Z is the up and down axis. End of story. <laughs> All right, I'll change it. I'll change it to Y. No problem. Next up is Rat's Nest. Now, Rat's Nest is another one from Guildhall. And this one is a non-combat mod. Essentially, what you have is you have the gravity gun, the zero-point manip manipulator, 
Um, and what you have to do is you just have to move things around. And the main um, point of this is to move a crane around. And the implementation is, it's okay. I mean, it's a little tacky, but it's it's nice just not to have to shoot something sometimes. So it's nice to play something different. Uh, you have to defend yourself. And if you manage to defend yourself, you get in the boat with the hot chick who's been waiting for you. And then you have a ride with some very strange weapon where I, you know, I fired like 500 shots and I don't think I hit anything. Mm. So that's what you get here. I put it as a hall of fame simply because if somebody said to me, give me the list of mods that you want me to play this year, this would be one of them. Not because it's the greatest, but because it's interesting. My... Now, you mentioned that Sorry. at the end you get this, like, sort of custom weapon. Is it, like, a mounted yeah. gun? You know mounted yeah, guns that we would see in Half-Life 1? It is. It's a mounted AR-2, but it fires um, rockets. Interesting. Now, we don't see that Wait. in Half-Life 2. Remember in Half-Life 1 maps, we would always, always, always see sort of um, mounted guns and custom weapons, only not, you know, take it with you sort of weapon? Yeah, like map brushes. Yeah. We don't see them in Half-Life 2. I want to play it just because of that. Um, I have to... I, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite. This is one of those maps where it doesn't feel like they put it very well together. But it's because of the text. You're right, Philip. The text just... Ugh. It just annoyed me. It's very bad, yeah. The, yeah, but... But everything was... It was just very interesting, very well done. And usually I don't like this sort of thing, but I, I really did. So, A+. plus. Download it. Yeah. I thought, I mean, it's nice to have new types of gameplay elements. And I think that, you know, bigger mods have this as a matter of fact, but smaller mods, they generally don't, they don't do anything. My five words or less review was cranes can be fun. <laughs> and on to the last mod from Planet Philip, and that is called Escape. A fantastic title. Gosh, we haven't heard one of them before. <laughs> anyway, I, I called it Escape by Exmo because I have a number of other escapes. Um, the beginning is unbelievable. I died like 10 times before I figured out where to go. It's a little bit buggy. The first time I played it, I didn't get out of the cell because nothing happened. The second time I played it, I ran around where I was supposed to, but nothing happened. Um, but once you get past that, it's got its flaws. The final battle for me was one of the best levels I've played. It's got uh, one sniper, seems to be really well put together. Uh, a few people didn't like it on Planet Philip, which is fair enough. You know, you don't have to like everything. But um, I really, really liked it. It was nice. I, I just need to say that it's listed by the author as being an episode one map, but the game info text says it's Half-Life 2. I uh, deleted my Half-Life 1, uh, my episode one installation and played it. So it does work with a normal Half-Life 2, but I'd like to hear from other listeners or players who can corroborate that, that they played it just with Half-Life 2. Emmanuel, what do you think? Um, why why don't these people just sit down and do mods? Because some of these <laughs> are really so good. You're on that. You're on that. It just, it just annoys me why you would sit down and release one map when you've obviously got a talent and you are having fun doing it. Why not just wait another few weeks and pump out three or four maps and make a nice little mod out of it? I can't answer that. Obviously, only the author can. But personally, this was just the right length for me. I love the, I love them this this length because it means I can sit down, I can play, and then I can you know do other things. Anything that's too long, and you know perhaps it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> I just uh, just sort of lose interest or can't come back to it. So the the length for me is perfect. 
Yeah, you sound like somebody... William's mom. <laughs> I think I think Philip. Here she is again. You want to be on podcast seventeen? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, William's mom. Oh, she probably she can't hear us. Everybody saw on. her on the camera. So. Right. And one last thing I'd like to say about this mod uh, is that it features my new flash style gallery. So um, you can visit the site and then you can see yeah, the um, images in full screen. Mm -hmm. Okay, last two things on the release list. Um, like we said, Smashball 0.49 is released on Steam. So get your Smashball on if you haven't played it yet. Uh, now you can that'll be our play after yeah. play session for the week. You think so? This week? We should play no, it is. It is after it is. after the uh, podcast. We're gonna. Oh, okay, cool. I'm down. Um, or actually, I'm not down because I can't play any games. But so you guys are down. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then also, Zombie Mod Source 1.40 fix has been released. There's a fixed version of 1.40. So it's it's hard to stand behind them. I know when they do <laughs> when they do to us. I know. It's really hard to stand behind them when they when they're releasing all these bug fixes and releases every half a week. Come on, zombie mod source devs, don't make us lose. Stop things letting to us down. We have to <laughs> replace you with someone else. I think we might have to start standing behind so shotgun signers again. Although you know, you know what, I I hear I hear that in the new version of zombie mod source or one in the upcoming versions, there's going to be a katana, and on the katana. Like etched into the blade, it's gonna say this katana has been sponsored by Podcast Seventeen. Well, there you go. If that works, then you know. I mean, if it, if it happens, I'll see when it. I'll believe when I sees it. But that would immediately redeem all faith. Yeah, but I don't know how, who's gonna redeem faith in outside of the podcast, though. Yeah, but if they could just make a zombie that looked like uh, Emmanuel. <laughs> oh man, I'd probably play that. Pick up my katana and then just chase manuals around. Sparta, and I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that you can have mobs in, that big in, in the Half-Life Two. <laughs> it have to be just the map. It just wouldn't work. Uh, all right, Thomas, Media Blitz. Brains. Brains. Yep. Actually, okay, you're at the so, top of the Media Blitz. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. That must be a typo. <laughs> Anyway, uh, for those of you that care, Heart of Evil Napalm Edition has a release date set. It is June 24th. Uh, we're hoping that we're going to be able to make that on time because we're literally going to be bug fixing up until the very last hour of release. That's Wednesday. Uh, sorry? That's Wednesday. I know it's Wednesday. So for the people who are listening to the podcast, that's like later on, that's tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so isn't it? Yeah. So why why Wednesday, Thomas? Uh, well, we started doing media updates every week from an arbitrary date, and uh, we decided that okay, well, we'll release media for four weeks, uh, one week apart, and then it just happened to land on June twenty fourth. Okay. And for Stradivarius, no, it's not for Half Life Source. So. Thomas, how's uh, Ham and Jam coming along? When's the release? <laughs> okay. Pulling us off topic of the Ham and Jam thing, Ryan Gastel from Zombie Mod Source has messaged me to clear out, to clear up some of my comments on Zombie Mod Source. He says, it isn't a bug fix. 
It's just a full installer so that people don't need a shitload of patches. Oh, uh, okay, part. good. All right, there we are. Now we're standing behind them again. All is well in the world. The sun is shining and we're We happy. are so fickle. No, we're not fickle. We're just, you know, we're just careful about who we support. This you know, awesome it's a good thing you said stream. that too because as, as, as I heard that, I was typing away the keyboard here to Zombie Panic Source ready to get an endorsement going. But glad I heard that. All well, right, I'd sorry. like to be the first to uh, congratulate you on the up-and-coming release and also wish you the very best success, Thomas. Yes, and uh, Philip, you'll be getting it probably two days early because you are a HLC donator. All mm -hmm. HLC donators will be getting an early release. Yes. Ooh. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Because maybe they don't know what a HLC donator is. I don't even is. know what that is. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is nothing this to is... do with the little sample either. No, no, no. We, we can't just do shameless plugs on this podcast. Yeah, we can. You do it all the fucking no. time. No, I, I have nothing to plug. <laughs> yeah, you well, do. Well, that's your fault. Your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> My mouth? Yes, you're plug always your plugging your ATI or your Nvidia or your Planet Half-Life or your... You plug it. <laughs> Thomas, that's just to displease the listeners. I don't do it for my own personal gain. Thomas, tell us about this because I want to donate. I want to get involved. Okay. Well, on the main Half-Life Creations website, there is a funny colored pink donate button. <laughs> and what that does is it allows you to donate, I think it's $5, 10 or $20 uh, towards the hosting costs of uh, Half-Life Creations and all our sister sites. And... Uh, Valve community is posted through us, so if you're a Planet Phillips supporter, that might interest you as well if you appreciate Valve community. But of course, you can always donate directly to Phillips as well. Anyway, what this donation allows you to do, it doesn't matter how much you donate, it gives you uh, special privileges on the Half-Life Creations forums, and the mods that we host, such as um, Heart of Evil, and I, Cry of Fear is probably going to get on this too, is it'll allow you to get uh, advanced release copies of the mods and allow you to beta test and a whole bunch of other things. It's pretty much like uh, being an insider. And it's you know a one-time only donation. Uh, doesn't matter how much. If you're a 5 or a 20, we don't really care. Any, any amount is appreciated. And yeah, it essentially gets you perks. And as the site grows, we hope to add more perks. That's what that is about. No, this is awesome because this mm -hmm. is through DreamHost and Podcast 17 is also hosted on DreamHost and I didn't know they had like sort of a built-in donate feature. Uh, I think... Repeat after me, William. <laughs> yeah. I. What? Repeat after me. Okay. I. I. Yam. Yam. We. We. Tart. Tart. It's yeah. a trick. Don't fall it... for it, Philip. Don't fall for it. I mean, <laughs> Thank <William>. you. <laughs> um... That and also just I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to ever support um, Thomas and his endeavors, but it's apparently it goes straight to the host, so he can't yeah, I don't get here. any of that money. Yeah, yeah, it goes straight to the hosting costs. It's a yep. great idea. Yeah, very cool. So that's what that's about. Next on Media Blitz, actually, can I do this for a sec? Yep, go. Can I do this one? Only yep. because I want to say, Emmanuel, dear Emmanuel. Did you read this preview? Uh, Did you read one? this awesome preview written by Stenchy at ModDB for Neo Tokyo? Are you serious? Did you Did read, I read how it? well it was written? Did you read how well it promoted the mod? Did you see how a proper preview can be written? 
This is not a preview at all, William. What are you trying to do to me? This is nothing like it. First of all, it's not even about the Neo Tokyo that the readers want to know about. It's about the one five years ago in 2004 on the Unreal Engine. And second of all, it's just a bunch of pictures. So <laughs> the pictures are pretty. And they spend a lot of time on them, but you know, the same thing as me, style over substance. So I can't anyway, complain about it. Neo Tokyo is getting ready for their release. They are really, yeah. really almost They're ready. They're pushing it. Yeah. It's it's almost like I don't know, I don't want I don't I don't know what it's almost like, but it's coming really soon. Um they got uh, on the Neo Tokyo website, they got some noob hints. It's a whole bunch of images basically on uh what you should be studying before you're playing Neo Tokyo. They got a lot of different things like sort of summing up their features it's almost like a, a collage or a legend of sorts so you should check out those new pins it's like the second news post down and then there's also the uh the write-up the preview write-up that ryan anderson did on mod db about uh, neo tokyo his sort of ideas on how it's going to change the face of modding in the half-life community i i okay i um i i just wanted to say though that uh um, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing because it depends on the mod. But um, um, now with the playtesting, they have playtests every week, and every playtest it almost seems like now there's a new release candidate for them. So we have to download something every week, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It could be good in the sense that they're finally, you know, getting that last push out, but it could be bad in the sense that they're still having to work stuff out. So take it as you will. But either way, there's being progression made. So cool. Cool. Well, I look forward to it. I can't wait because, you know, these all these media blitzes are really getting me excited. And I read through sort of that, that noob hint section, and there's a lot of really cool features that I didn't even know about. So I'm excited. Who else is excited? Tom, is you excited? Me. Me. Yeah. Philip, you excited? <laughs> yeah. Be still, my beating heart. No, I, actually, Philip, you, I think... I think you'll I genuinely appreciate the the level of detail they put into this. I mean, you I don't do. have to like the mod, but I think you'll genuinely like the the effort they put into um, the art and everything. You'll I think you'll uh, like it. I do, I do. I'm looking at the noob uh, hints now, and it's just so well. I mean, it's clear that this this team understands all aspects of mod making, not just the technical aspect of how you know to to do the code and make a model. They understand everything. Look, very good. Um, William, you said that they were talking about uh, um, what, what did you say before about it? They were they were talking about how it was made or no? Oh, how it was going to change the uh, the modding community? Yeah, well, I mean, just the way Ryan was writing his preview, it almost sounded like it was sort of a a, a new beginning or a new dawn of mod making. You know what I mean? You you actually, I I, I thought the same thing, and I realized it's not really. I, I really wish it would, but it's not going to. It's not going to change the way mod developers push their content wow. out. It's just going to raise the standard, yeah, which is going to end up. But by raising that standard, they're ending up hurting the mod community because no one else is going to get nowhere near the level of detail they've they've gotten because it I just can, takes so much work. I can see that. I can see a lot of mod developers now sort of holding back because, you know, mods like this and we're going to be talking about jailbreak in a sec mods like this and jailbreak are you know sort of daunting for a new game developer so we'll see yeah and maybe we'll see maybe we'll actually see instead of um people spending more time on the content maybe we'll see them start hiring out more people to help 
maybe that's a way you can counter it. Maybe you can get that level of detail by just getting more people to, to help bang out content. Who knows? Possibly. But. Okay. Moving on. Continue, maybe, Thomas. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, well, Philip. Sorry. I don't. Like I was going to say, maybe this is uh, an answer to your question, Emmanuel, when you were saying earlier on, why, the, why don't these people just, you know, spend a couple more months and, you know, bang out a, a mod that lasts for two or three hours? Because maybe they see mods like this and they just say to themselves, look, I can't compete with those kind of mods. I've got this one level uh, game. It lasts for 30 minutes. I've done my best and I just move on to the next thing. And, you know, but they're scared. The, scared. the point of... Intimidated. The, the, the point of ModDB is to get developers together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say so. The point of ModDB was would, to would showcase dunk. Seriously, is it the point? Is the point to get mod developers to work together, or is it just to give mod developers a chance to get their mods recognized? Well, it should be yep. both. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's right. both. So remember, a few months ago, William, you and I really enjoyed that single-player um, uh, uh, demo, and mm -hmm. we just. Flat out love that. Dangerous world. Dangerous world. Dangerous world. So you've got that guy doing his one thing by himself, and then you've got all these modelers doing their thing, and then these guys doing their single maps. It's just so disappointing that they just can't get together and just yeah, pump out but, amazing crap that we see like in Neo Tokyo. It just yeah, it's really but, but that's that, that's a whole different aspect. Once you start doing that, you've got team politics and you know team logistics involved, and clearly that's where the mod community falls down is that not enough people can work together in an effective manner. But not just the mod community, life in general. People don't work very well in teams generally. <laughs> look at look at the way Gabe, Gabe Newell runs Valve. They do a cabal system where he's just there to make sure they come that's, to work on time and give them, a, give them though. an idea. That's different, yeah, though, because with the Internet, you have a sense top. of... Yeah, and, and with the Internet, you have a sense of uh, anonymity where, like, you don't hold any sort of... I don't know, you don't owe anybody anything, really. So when you join a mod team, you don't have to do these things for these people. They don't know who you are. They're not going to come to your house and beat you up if you don't do it. I mean, that, that, yeah. whole, that whole feeling sort of changes the way people interact with each other, I think. And just because it works for one company doesn't necessarily mean that that's the ideal way of doing it. I mean, you know, it's an, perhaps an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm. And of course, you must remember, and I don't mean to sound ageist now, but a lot of the, the members of the community are quite young and their social skills uh, haven't particularly de developed very well. And especially if they spend more time on the Internet, um, <laughs> their social skills aren't particularly good. And basically, they, as William says, if they decide that they don't want to do something anymore, they just stop. And, you know, there's nobody going to come and, and do anything and they're not going to learn from it. They're just going to, you know, they're just going to be like that. William, if we've learned anything from doing this podcast, we learned some base, very basic truths about mods, and one of them is that you don't have to do much. You just get other people no. to do the work for you, as we've seen with decades, <laughs> and that you really don't want to do the mod, as we've seen with, say, Neo Tokyo. They just want to do it because they feel obligated now. And we've also learned that you, know, you don't have to be very good at it as long as you, you know, you're working on a degree at Guildhall or something. So why don't we just... Take all this assessed information we've accumulated over the months and just make our own mod. Stop <laughs> commenting on other mods and just make our own. Because that's not our purpose in life, Emmanuel. Our purpose in life is to discuss mods, not to create them. Speak for yourself, meat sack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're made out of flesh and bone, too. We know your weakness. <laughs> all right, Thomas, take us through the rest of the media blitz. Will do. 
Okay, so we sort of touched on Jailbreak, but we'll just give it a bit more of an honorable mention here. They've released some really impressive-looking screenshots of uh, some new models there, and they're recreating everything for the Orange, Orange Box engine. So it's good to see that they're uh, updating the code, taking advantage of the shaders, and everything that comes in the Orange Box. So if you are a uh, Jailbreak follower, be sure to watch this. Pirate Vikings and Knights is also converting to Orange Box engines, so those are sort of two mods to keep an eye out on. I know you don't like PvK, Thomas, but... What? Who? who well, um, I love who, that mod. Who made the comment about PvK last week? Somebody did. Somebody made a PvK comment. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Okay, ignore I that. Think, yeah. Um, who who does the... Uh, who works... Who's the guy we talked to from Jailbreak? We've talked to him before. Um, Willis. Wills. Um, you, did, there was a huge fallout with the review. Uh, was it you who wrote it? Yeah, it was me. Did, how can how can we just let that go? If I was you, I would have oh, I would have been pissed. I would not say anything about him. What do you mean? Well, you said what you thought, and apparently that wasn't good enough, and you had to rewrite it. Doesn't that piss you off? Um. Well, I guess it's a kind of water under the bridge, but. I, how I attacked, because I, I, I was kind of harsh in my article. And you were not. You were fair. You, the The point was you you had a, a few ideas and points that you made, and that was that was viable. That's what you get. That's your job of Planet Half Life. Yeah. Um. I think who is it that has that wonderful quote in their signature? One of the staff writers, like a journalist that doesn't uh, <laughs> turmoil or a duel is a poor journalist. Yeah. I love that All quote. Right. I think it's very true. And yeah. But it's funny how little that that actually means. Well, we should we should stop there, or else we're gonna lose our jobs. But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're already on the brink, Manuel. You're at the bottom of the list the now on the staff page. Yeah, I'm moving down pretty soon. I'm gonna be below the ads, you know, at the very bottom of the page, below the uh, TM there. Yeah, the we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, so let's start our own mod, our own website. Let's, yeah, you let's start, start a new everything. guys. Just podcast everything. Seventeen. Yep. All right. Continue. Okay, so moving along, uh, do I have to talk about this? Yeah, you know what? I've been sort of avoiding No More Room in Hell for a while because I don't really appreciate mods that say we're 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 done and then just sort of come back. I really don't think that's professional. Well, you have enough. to understand this is their fifth comeback, and I've counted. I know, but <laughs> I, 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 I sort of liked this media blitz. They got a lot of really good stuff, and I think it's sort of worth a mention. Um, uh, even their NPC model, their character model, looks really nice, and uh, they got yeah, a lot of cool. Yeah, are they going to get yeah, it animated this time? Yeah, I know. Not I know. a smidgen of it. Not a smidgen of it has any gameplay. So I could give a damn less. Yeah, really. like, this is. Th I'm sure that the work they're doing is good, but you're showing me model renders, and they've been showing me model renders six years ago when I Fair was enough. on dev team. This Fair is enough. like from. The six years that this thing has been in development, we're still seeing model renders. Coleman, I know you're out there. You might be listening. I love you. But what the fuck is taking you so long? <laughs> <laughs> well, and just let's just get it straight. We, I mean, we, we comment on these media blitzes. But honestly, I don't want to see anything unless it's unless you've got gameplay. Because other, anyone can run a monitor. Uh, Monitor riddles. Anyone can render models, but you know it, you have to put it inside of a game for it to mean something. And when we just see these screenshots of of you know 3D Studio Max renders, there's not much we can really say. So uh, just get shit done. Stop 
telling us about your mod and start making it. Yeah. I'd like somebody to do the complete opposite. I'd like them to build a mod in with orange textures and standard assets and say, right, we've finished the mod, we've played it, it's good, but now we're going to add new models and new textures. Exactly. That's the last thing well, that we do. You know what, that's exactly. sort of what... I mean, I'm talking to Ryan right now. Ryan always messages me during the podcast. Ryan Gaston from Zombies Mod Source. And they sort of did that. They sort of put in placeholders. Same with Jailbreak Source. Jailbreak Source kind of did this when they were exactly. first released. And they're working when, now towards their own custom assets. When, so... When, exactly. And when, like, for instance, when someone, when they went, okay, the car you drive, do you think they built the outside of it, the shell, and then said, okay, chaps, let's, you know, get to the engine and the, the all the important stuff? That's not how things work. You build the most important stuff, which is the the car or the of game course. itself, and then you worry about the fluff, which is much easier to implement. Yeah. Period. I think so too. That's a, all good points. And it, and if if the mod is great fun to play with orange textures and standard assets, then you know it's only going to be better when you've got the custom stuff in. Yeah, that's another good point. All right, what's next on the media blitz? We got to keep moving. Yeah, let me see here. City 17, episode one. Okay. So, there we go. That's another... good. They've got a video of the gameplay. Yeah, we, we yes, mentioned they... this a little bit early uh, because, you know, the guy who's working on this is also working on uh, Philip's little contest. So this is a pretty good media little, board. Little contest, William, is going to be huge! <laughs> <laughs> God, this, guy, this guy seems very talented. The, the videos of the gameplay look amazing, and it's very... The lighting is implemented very well. HDRs in this, it looks very, very good, and I'm, the gameplay looks very good too. That's just, I'm That's genuinely looking forward to this. I, pl I played um, an earlier version about a year ago, and I would put it in probably the top ten of the mods that I've played, even in its beta stage. Hmm. It's uh, it was fantastic. It well, it really does show you what you can do with this engine. Half Life Two, especially after Episode Two, is such a good engine, and it can look so good if you put the time into it. And this, I'm going to mention, this is a, an example of good lighting, too, like what we see in the video. Like, Oh, I yeah, really, you can see oh the little particles of dust flying through the air and everything. Is just, oh. Well, I, I just like the lighting. Like, it's not a full bright map. The lights are where they should be, and it just looks a lot more professional. It just feels natural. Things I notice. Yeah, fledgling mappers, look at this video and see how you should do it i.e. the person who made City 45 and the other guy who's supposedly going to make a job out of this were studying at a university. You should watch this video and see how people who do it for fun do it. <laughs> so, Alright, second last one on the Media Blitz. Alright, Age of Chivalry Media Update. Can, can, can I just say, why don't we just announce when they don't release media? That'd who? be easier. Age of Shiv? Yeah, Age of Shiv. Oh, <laughs> that'd be I, I'm looking forward to their new release candidate. I always like their stuff because they do things a little bit differently. They they like changing. The, the number one thing I like about Age of Shiv over every other mod is they really like changing the way damage works in Half-Life. You don't see that enough in any other mod. They care about the way their, their melee combat works and things like that. It's just... And they, and they really, really do um, explain it real well in their media posts. It's... It's that's why they always get on the front page of Mod DB. Nope. No. Drop. I heard somebody <laughs> drop. Everybody was just ignoring me then. Okay, so nobody cares. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just you've done you've interviewed them like twice. We always every week comment on the stuff. I know. Just... I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll okay. Mind. So 
last thing on Media Blitz is the Black Mesa Source Skybox. Looks mm. cool. God, what else awesome. are we supposed to say? I think Emmanuel said it in two words. Yeah. Looks cool. Next. It looks awesome. Yeah. Have a good really. Philip, yeah. Actually, Philip was the one who put it, so I'm sure he has something to say. No, 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 no. I just saw it there, and because it wasn't on the media list, I don't know how old it is. Uh, I saw it on HL Portal, so I assumed it was quite new, but um, I just thought it was impressive, and you should watch it. You're right. There's nothing else to say, but just watch it. It's nice. Sort of short. But it's okay. I like the sound. Seconds. Okay. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, we're going to skip question and discussion for now because I want to get to listener audio question just in case we run out of time. So um, I'm going to play the listener audio question. I think it comes from uh, from Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk from CS Nation, I believe. So let's play that right now. Hello. This is Nighthawk here from Counter-Strike Nation. If you've ever downloaded any custom skins or weapon models for your Counter-Strike experience, odds are you've come across my reviews. I have a question for you today that has to do with the modding scene. Specifically, has modding adversely affected the game industry? At first glance, you may be thinking, well of course not. It's done wonderful things for boosting the popularity of Valve's games, and other companies have copied this. And that's all true. I recently sat down and counted all the games in my Steam games list, and I came to a surprising figure. Out of the 159 entries I counted, only a small, small handful were actually purchased, including Half-Life, Half-Life 2, and the Orange Box. Beyond that, though, generally speaking, everything was just a mod, something I got for free, something I can play whenever I want to. Now, admittedly, many of these games are games I will not play on a regular basis, Still, the number of games I have exceeds by far the amount of time I have available to play. This brings the question to mind then. If the number of games I already own and continue to get for free always exceeds the amount of time I have to play these games, where is my motivation to buy new games? Certainly I won't be picking them up simply because I'm lacking something to be able to play. But more than this, it also raises our expectations for every new game that comes out. After all, we purchased one game and received a hundred with it. Valve has long supported this and even released additional content themselves, but in the process, have they shot themselves in the foot? You look at, for example, the recent Left 4 Dead 2 announcement and the community outrage that ensued. We see additional content and we think, this is what belonged with the original game. We expect to have additional content, more things, more features, more updates, for no additional cost. One can't help but wonder if this expectation for additional content after a game's initial release hasn't in some way led to the prevalence of downloadable content that we see today. Sure, comparing free content that the community provides with paid content seems like apples to oranges, yet our demand for additional content remains the constant factor between the two that companies look at and hope to capitalize on. With all that background said, I'd like to come back to the initial question. Has modding adversely affected the game industry? I think there are three key questions for this. Number one, are you less likely to buy new games as a result of being able to get free mods? Number two, have your expectations of a company's support of and release of content for any new game been unrealistically inflated because of the mods that are available to you? And number three, is downloadable content a natural reaction by other companies to the wealth of content that's been made available through the modding community? Decreased purchasing, 
increased expectations, and downloadable content. Are these the result of mods? I leave that question in your hands. I just, uh, before, before I forget, I just want to answer, we'll actually give a uh, rebuttal to one of the things he said, which is uh, uh, we expect downloadable content, which I don't really, I don't really agree with. I, we, we only expected downloadable content for, for Left 4 Dead because Left 4 Dead wasn't really finished. That's why people were so up in arms about content being released for that. So really, I, when I played Portal, I didn't expect Portal DLC. I didn't, when I played Half-Life 2 Episode 2, I didn't expect more Half-Life 2 DLC. It's just we expected for Left 4 Dead because it, you know, it only had four campaigns. So. No, that's a good point. However, I will agree that uh, when I do shop for my retail games, if there's two games sitting beside each other, and one is like $50 and the other one's 30 if that $50 game has a known modding community that I know that I can get game other games for that I'll enjoy, I'll gladly pay the $50, even though um, the other one is cheaper, simply because I like value, and who doesn't, right? And if we take a look at games like Half-Life, even Fallout 3 released their um, modding tools, which was another thing that made it super attractive. And... If you release these, not only are you extending the life of your product, um, but you're making it accessible to more people because, like, I got into Half-Life originally because of David Defeat, not the other way around. Uh, and then I discovered Half-Life was a game after, you know? So, that's my view. Same for me. I play, I wanted to play Counter-Strike, and, oh, hey, there's, there's, yeah, there's another game Half-Life thing that came with it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think the gist of it is that pe- people are, are thinking that we're starting to get spoiled, but you know we're really not. Um, Half Life Two was around twenty something hours of gameplay, almost thirty, I would say. Episode One was a good four and a half hours. Episode Two was a good five. So that's nine and a half to ten hours right there. And I doubt they're going to hit fifteen hours in Episode Three. So, and if you look at big releases in the past halo 3 for instance that was five hours five six hours assassin's creed was not very long either i mean if you look at big releases games are getting shorter so i don't think we're getting spoiled it's just we're needing to find something else to take up that time that we're not getting taken care of you know through our single player games Baldur's gates were what 80 120 hours long um final fantasy 8 for me one of my favorite games of all time that was like 25, 30, 40 hours, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I asked a similar question in on Planet Philip in, back in September last year, and my question was, does whether an editor is included in a retail game affect your purchase? And 50% of people said no, and that really surprised me because I think that uh, I agree with the person who asked the question. I think that we are becoming spoiled. We do not necessarily expect downloadable content from the uh, company itself, but we assume that something from Valve, will the community will embrace it and will make lots of it available. And I really don't buy any other games except the games that I know would have mods. And okay, I don't buy many games at all, but if I was to buy a franchise now and it didn't have a, a mod community, I'd probably bother. Uh, so I think it has reduced the number of retail games that I buy because I'm spending more time playing mods, 
But at the same time, the, the basic question is, is it good for the, the gaming community? I think it is, but some companies suffer because they don't make games well enough. When I was younger, um, when I was younger working for Half-Life.org, when I purchased a game or when I got a game in some form or another, I, before I even played it, I would immediately check if it had some sort of modding tool, some sort of mapping tool, if, or if somebody could make custom assets for it. And if they could... I would download that stuff and get it all installed before I even played the game. I wouldn't even play the normal content. This is how obsessed I was with modding. I would judge my gameplay experience based on whether or not there's tools available. So. That's how it should be, honestly, I think. I think they should package tools, but they're not obligated to package tools. It it's depends. Like, it's like buying it just, a car. It... When you buy a car... People aren't obligated to put, like, a whole repair kit in your car when you buy it. No, but you, you do have the opportunity of modifying your car. You can, you know, add a turbo or change That's the suspension, true. so. That's true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and Mirror's, Mirror's Edge was recently released, which didn't have any modding tools, but it didn't take the community long to figure out that with a few adjustments, you can use the standard UT3 editor. And that really surprised me because I thought that um, Mirror's Edge would be a perfect game for the modern Very good community game. To, uh, to embrace. Uh, I mean, it just seems crazy that a game like that wasn't available to be modded, officially anyway. And I'm sure that that hurt the sales. I'm sure oh, more absolutely. people would have bought it if it had had official modding support. Not only that, but it increases the longevity of a game. I mean, like I said, look at, look at Valve and look at Half-Life. Um, that game would not be as popular right now if it wasn't for the mod community. So as soon as you yeah, don't but, add custom content, you are pretty much digging your own grave. Yeah, but but every time, as the questioner said, every time you play a mod, that's time that you're not playing a retail game. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. but everybody knows that Valve is going to release games with um, modding tools, but the other manufacturers they don't do that, and I think I, it's bad for them. I just can't help but think that – I'm trying to think why, but it seems like the modern community is helping purchased games. Look at Xenoclash. That's that, – that, that, let's be honest. You know, modders bought that game. And the same thing with Killing Floor. That's, that's exclusively a game that people who play mods I think like a lot for whatever reason. I never played it, but I just happen to know that. Um, and look at – Natural Selection 2. Its foundations come from Natural Selection, which it was a mod. Same thing for mm -hmm. Team Fortress 2. It was Team Fortress, a mod for Quake. So it helps in getting smaller developers out there, and I think it's hurting the big developers in a, in a sense, but that's a good thing. It's, it's a division of power. Anyway, does anybody else have anything else to say? Yeah, I think it was a really good question, and very well edited, too. Thomas, do you have anything else to say? After hearing that? Uh, no, let's move on to something else here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, our last little thing is question discussion, and uh, Stratifarius added this last minute. So let's let's just talk about it real quick. And uh, his sort of question discussion is, Half-Life 2, just a first-person shooter? Can Half-Life 2 be modded for other game modes? Um, and then he says, why are there only five or four non-FPS Half-Life 2 mods? And he talks about... Uh, Shantytown and Half-Life 2 Wars and Half-Life 2 Wars is that famous RTS. So do you and think that... What's that? Uh, and there's Ragnarok Arena Source. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so do you think Half-Life um, can sort of work in different sort of game modes? Like Absolutely. through our experience? I think so, for sure. I would, I would 100% think. You've also beta tested Paradigm Shift. Yeah, but Paradigm Shift is an FPS. No, it's not. It's third. <laughs> well, third person. Okay, that's no different. Come on. That's completely different. I know, but I mean, like, I know, moving the camera backwards I, behind what? the shoulder is isn't the same as creating something like Ragnarok Arena or Half Life Two, okay. which is a full fledged RTS. Well, rotating the camera 90 degrees from the player as opposed to having behind it, and you have right Yeah, but it's a different swords. gameplay style. Like, <laughs> like the third over-the-shoulder over the third person is still essentially the same gameplay style as a first-person shooter. You're just at a different I angle. don't know. I think it's different. <laughs> but, Philip, in your experience, do you think, well, uh, to you, because, I mean, there's not a lot of single-player stuff that comes out that's, you know, sort of a different gameplay type. No, perhaps I'm the wrong person to be asking because, of course, I'm not the technical side, but maybe it's just easier to use other engines that are already specifically designed for other types of gameplay. I mean, if there's already um, an RPG engine that you can use, why go to the trouble of turning, you know, um, Source into an RPG? Or if there's a platform that you can use, why go to the trouble? I mean, it's clear that it can be used for other game modes, I mean, there's lots of other games that have been used that aren't FPSs or third-person shooters, but is it worth the trouble? I don't know. Maybe if you want to get into the... Um, if you want to learn something, then definitely. In answer to the first question, is Half-Life 2 just, just a first-person shooter? No, it's more than that, because it's an interactive story. It, 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 it does what many other games don't do. It, it makes you feel part of it, and it opens up new worlds, and it's not just a game. It's, I mean, it sounds so corny, but it's a way of life because it opens up uh, a whole new thing for many people, the modding, the community, all sorts of things. I mean, the cartoons that have come from it, like Half-Life comic. I mean, it's not just a first-person shooter. It's more than that, much, much more. Well, hell, we're doing a podcast about it, so it be more than just a first-person shooter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, have to, you have to admit, though, sometimes it feels gimmicky. Uh, international online soccer did feel gimmicky and but they did Something I, I don't want to knock them because they did they they did what they set out to do it's just you know it just didn't work as well as i would have hoped because it is the half-life engine so they are limited in what they can do i mean half-life rally was a good ex example of no matter how much time you put into it you're still working with an engine made to you know pilot gordon freeman around killing things so or bumper cars you guys remember playing bumper cars that was an awesome yeah, i never played it that was so fun i love bumper cars and then uh, that was like along the same size as uh, Water Wars. Remember that water gun mod that was always in constantly in development? Thomas, you might remember it. Yeah, oh, I yeah, from Blue awesome. Wolf 72. Yeah, with Blue, I remember Blue that. with Aaron Malloy. He was working on the Water Wars. That's how him and I met. So he, He's like the Ashen Kutcher modding. He's got his piddle and everything. I don't, and I don't think he's ever released anything. Yeah, and you know what? He's on the. Uh, he's apparently a guest on the Half-Life2.net podcast. Really? Yep. Huh. So, that should be interesting. Um, just so the listeners know, uh, there are other Half-Life podcasts out there now. <laughs> we don't want to talk about them. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... They're rat commie bastards. No. I yes, we do. Personally, there's a, there's a couple out there that I don't think are up to production standards, but at the same time, we weren't really up to production standards when we were first starting, too, so... <laughs> 
Um, Half Life Fallout has a podcast, and then there's another one called like the Steam Cast, and it's only yep. about the Steam powered forms, which is kind of weird, but it's it's what, not a bad what, uh, idea. What William's trying to say is is that you guys are trying, but you need to kill yourselves. <laughs> no, we should, no, no, no. William. We should assimilate like the steampowered.com forums. We should we should just assimilate them all. Just be the Microsoft of podcasts. <laughs> be the greatest force to ever walk the earth. Yeah, I think no. other podcasts are good, especially if they're good podcasts, because mm. it uh, raises our game, makes yeah. us do things differently. If we're the only one out there, then we become complacent. And I'm a you know a firm believer in competition is good. That's how I feel well, too. I'm I'm a firm believer in that my word is final and that we should have all the podcasts. Just call podcast seventeen. <laughs> Ideally should... they could all join us, but <laughs> Yeah, that's no, no, we're not gonna change our name. I think we should just change our name to everything seventeen. We should have our own mod, our own website, our own everything. Oh well, I don't think that's gonna work out very well. But... You you and Nick can work out the logistics, but you get the gist of it. <laughs> all right, lastly, Phil. You probably want to talk about your poll, so. Oh, I don't, you know, only if you're happy to. I mean, no, we've had some questions. Sure. We got time. Oh, okay. Poll it. question 128. Why do you think modders haven't used the Magnuson device? So <laughs> I only, I only posted this a couple of hours ago, and, and I think device. Probably the, that's Emmanuel's. The thing that you, yeah. the thing that AKA you the, the Strider ball. Buster. Yeah, the, the magnetic balls that you shoot at the striders and then you shoot them with the pistol. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. The only oh, reason I remember the SDK yet? I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Magnuson device was something that uh, was scripted. Was more scripted than sort of as a ready-made plug-and-play element. I can't say that for sure because I'm not a modder, but judging by it, I think it was more of a scripted thing. Yeah, really? that. That along with uh, we saw that in another mod last week or a few weeks back where the the uh, combine actually threw out the uh, the man hacks, which is really cool. I don't see why mod developers don't do yeah. that either. Little things like that, or the uh, the spider mines get dropped in by the scanners. You know what I mean? Like it's a little thing mm -hmm. like that that people don't put yeah. in. Yeah, I think the Magnuson device is a, something a little bit more advanced than just a drag and drop plugin, though. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I'm not sure about the device itself, but basically I think it comes down to the area that you need to use it in. You need to use it with striders, yeah. and if you have lots of striders, then you need a big area. And basically episode two did that already. So, you know, in, including it in a mod, you'd probably just be recreating what Valve did, and, it, you know, it wouldn't really work. Although I think that some huge underground combine base with striders walking around, um, you can run around throwing these things at them would be great fun i mean i actually enjoyed using it once i got the hang of it but uh it's just one of those things that i haven't seen in many mods i said none but apparently offshore has it it's, con it's confirmed it's scripted it is scripted so it's something that you sort of have to reproduce it's basically an explosive barrel that sticks to npc strider and then it explodes on shot so it's not something you can drag and drop it's sort of like a hacked hack and slash way of putting it together and if and if they are going to put that much time into it they'll just mod developers will just do their own thing make their own little cool things yeah i mean i did say in my poll geez i hope that's there's not some technical reason that makes the vote <laughs> void <laughs> so it sounds like it is it's not being used but there's loads of stuff let's, let's take it a bit further there's loads of stuff that's in half-life 2 that we haven't seen in many mods there's that uh, sort of optical uh, binoculars 
You guys remember that? Yeah, those two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see the G-Man I mean, from across the river. In one yeah, of I, mean, I don't remember ever seeing that in a mod. Okay, maybe it's because you need a huge area again, but I don't know. There must be lots of little things like that that don't get uh, included that are really quite fun. By the way, that comment was from Silverwolf, so thanks, Silverwolf. But those optic things are probably scripted as well. You know, yeah, I mean, it's probably like uh, you walk up to it, you hit the use key, and it launches yeah. function camera to another part of the exactly. map. Exactly. Does it's that make it and drop thing. hard to do? Uh, no. Shouldn't, no. And there's just a filter on top of the camera, but it's it's not something that you know somebody can just see in the in the assets and say, okay, well, it'd be nice to put a binocular in here. It's, it's sort of mm. something that they have to go out of their way and think about it and think about how it would work. You know, it, it's sort of harder for somebody to implement something like that, especially if they're if they're new or if they're just working on something for fun. Okay. Pity. Because those yeah. little things make can make a difference between a normal mod and something that stands out or something that makes you remember, makes it memorable. You know, that's, that's what really separates sort of Valve from the, the third-party community is that they can sort of think outside the box and really utilize the engine for what it's worth. Whereas, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but in the modding community, people just drag and drop assets into a map and mm. say, okay, well, let's fight some things. Um, whereas Valve takes some of the core concepts and creates sort of their own things within the engine, you know? It's, it's interesting to always play a new Valve game and see what types of things they can churn out. Yes. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see some of those things, especially with uh, canon mods that would like to follow the same suit as Half-Life. Yes, I agree. Anyway, I think that closes up the show. Does anybody else have anything to add this week before we end up? End? Um, I'm pregnant with Creeding's child. <laughs> Why are you pregnant with Creeding's child? Because we had sex and made a baby. Oh, okay. That's Who's, it. That makes sense. So you're the check. Uh, you 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 know that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's like that. <laughs> with Which the, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Are you talking about the one with the, the get, babe in the school? Yeah, he and gets everything? pregnant. He, he gets pregnant. He gets teen pregnant. It's <laughs> like that. The name. I think we're done. Okay, so, so um, can I suggest that I just heard of a mod called uh, Heart of Evil Napalm Edition, and maybe we should get some of the the, the team on the show for an interview soon. I mean, Possibly. is there somebody on the? Is there a, a guest for next week organized? If not, we could get somebody. I'm sure we must know somebody on that team. <laughs> Maybe if they release, then. Oh, no, no, we didn't. We didn't. On. Can we just say, uh, listeners, I want you to know that uh, comes that uh, the the developer for uh, for Curse could oh. not take the time to come onto the podcast and do an interview with, for, we with us. We were going to have Gabber today, but he didn't want to come on this week. Yeah, he, he did not. Busy. He couldn't. He just, he was so busy and, and just... He, like, he wants some time off. I think that's what, what it's Actually, about. no, wait. No, he wasn't busy. He just straight up said he didn't want to. So you think about that before you play his mod. He didn't have time for you. you no, he's working that? on episode two now. He's going to be working on the curse for the rest of his oh, life. Of course. You know, yeah, I'm sure he's busy. Phil, what do you is. think of the curse? I haven't played it. You haven't played it yet? No, just come on. Just been so busy with other things. Just he gave you a pre-build. He gave you a pre-build, Philip. Come on. I oh, know he did. Okay, here's <laughs> here's my here's my problem. I've played it, but yeah, I haven't I played, played it. it. I know. And I don't play things twice. And this I is know. my big problem. Uh, I mean, it, I loved it. Don't get me said. wrong, but it's going to be the same thing as I've already played. 
Well, two extra maps, and now you can play in nightmare mode, and now you can actually figure out the controls, um, yeah. unlike an idiot. Hey, yeah, I, I did know. it too. I know I was, I was, yeah, well, we're both idiots then, but I don't know. It's, it's no disrespect on him. It's, I mean, I... No, I've plenty of disrespect on him. No, not at all, because I've never <laughs> no. played anything twice. I haven't no. even played Half-Life twice or Half-Life 2. I well, start... I have no respect for, I have no respect for someone who can't take an hour out of their measly lives to, to promote their own mod that we've already spent He's weeks busy. doing for them. So I'm not even going to bother playing it. Sorry. <laughs> You're so bitter. You're such an ass. I am bitter because he blew us off. Same thing with Ross Scott. I'm not going to watch any more of the stupid uh, Freeman episodes. Ross Scott's still coming on the show. Just he wait. still is, huh? Till the end wait. of time, he's always going to be perpetually coming on the show. He's going to be coming on the show, I guarantee it. Okay, you say that. We'll see what I, I believe what I see it. Yeah. Or we could always get uh, get the guy that does one of the spinoffs. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure he would love to come on. Well, yeah. my host... Bringing uh, Shepherd's oh, yeah, Mind. Check that right. out. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, that's the end of the show. Thank you for coming uh, on. We should break on. this off before we hit two hours. Well, yeah. thank you for inviting me. Yeah. yeah Actually, come back nice to be with you. It's nice to be with you again. Uh, and thank you, listeners. Mm -hmm. and thank you, Emmanuel and Thomas, as usual. Yep. Yeah. And Thomas, good luck with Heart of Evil. I can't wait this week. Yeah, yeah well, I'm yeah. really looking forward to Ham and Jam. It's been something I've been, you know, keeping on my <laughs> bookmarks list for a while now. <laughs> All right, and I think that closes up another episode of Podcast 17. See you guys next week. Farewell. Bonsoir. Au revoir.